Hey everyone, welcome back to Photosynthesis, where we talk to some of India's best and brightest and upcoming talent in the space of photography, videography, and just general creative talent. Now, today we have with us Nishant Menon, who's basically studied cinematography and worked in, well, did you work in Sydney or did you just study there, Nishant? Hi, Nishant. Yes, I did a couple of gigs there. Hi. Thank you so much, Manit, for uh, getting me on this podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, back when, in, when I was in Sydney, uh, I studied there and I did do a couple of gigs with professional gappers and grips, worked on a couple of short films and then came back to Mumbai and I've been practicing ever since. Yeah, Nishant's been working for about six years in Bombay. He's a little too circumspect. He wants to be very sure that we don't call him an experienced and expert videographer. He wants to be very sure we call him a budding and rising, well, I think, I think it's a hallmark of this industry that everyone just like, and I've seen this with so many people, they make great stuff and talk on other people's behalf, right? You're willing to brag on your client's behalf, but so many of the creators I've met, they're like, they don't want to talk too highly of themselves. I think it just goes with the creative space. Everyone's just nervous. Right. Yeah. I think we're just wired that way. Like uh, we we don't like bragging about (laughs) our work. It's more like. Uh, if your part of the business gets solved and the, as long as that's solved, we're happy. You know? Now, I've seen this myself, like even when I was trying to freelance for uh, yeah. writing stuff many years ago, I had the same issue. I was un- I was very happy to brag about the stuff I'm writing about, like once I get into it. But I had the same issue of, I was very nervous about talking myself up too much. Imposter syndrome, right, right, yeah. general nervousness. I don't know why. Just completely runs through the industry. Meanwhile, we see yeah, MBA types, well, I'm an MBA type, but yeah, uh, we see MBA types are so happy to brag about what they've done, what, they, what they're building and just talk themselves up. I don't know why this is a thing, but absolutely. Right. I guess it's much like more technical you get, the more introvert you get or something. I think so. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I've always loved cinematography, to be honest, like ever since I started watching films. I've been watching the same film again and again. And I felt like that was a reason why, that there's some reason why I'm watching this film again and again. Which ones? Name, and ever name, since a, few, I just, name a few. What are your biggest influences? And uh, just the ones you love, even well, if they're not influences. Honest, the first film uh, which I kept watching again and again was an animated film, wasn't a live action film. Uh, it was The Lion King. And I'm sure everyone will just uh, go with that. And uh, that, that film just kind of touched my heart to another, uh, like different, places of my heart and um along with that the the way that it was made the kind of work put in started watching behind the scenes of that and you know that kind of just got me into filmmaking more and more and uh of course it comes to christopher nolan films the first film uh that he made to the, to the last the latest one uh Oppenheimer. it's just it's so good like the way filmography has been transcended over the years it's just so amusing. I, I keep reading books and uh, you know, on uh, different ways to, you know, upskill myself or like, you know, like, yeah, different ways to make a film. You can either make a film in 10 lakhs or in 1 lakh, but, you know, the point is to make a good film and how to work around that. That's the real art. I want to actually then get, segue into actually the film. You were, So as we were talking in the morning, you were saying you've just recently worked on a short film, which actually had a yes. lot of, Constraints, very, very specific constraints, including time, money, yes. resources, everything. So I want to ask you a few questions around that. One is, 
how does one actually go about preparing for a short film someone wants to make a short film one is what's the mm-hmm. how do you start what all is the process that you go through both mentally and you know just the checklists that you make then we'll get into the right. challenges and issues of working in india working on the street in bombay etc etc but how do you sure. put together a short film as a dop as a videographer as a cinematographer what's your process um well quite honestly as a dp uh, it's very important to be in line with your director to be in line with his or her vision um as long as you guys are on the same page it's easier and just it's better going forward uh so when we meet up uh, we talk about the idea you like about, you like things about it you can probably brainstorm a couple of more ideas that we can do on shoot and uh, we we take it from there we uh, kind of lock down different sections as in, so if as a dp i'll just lock down my team as a camera assistant who I'll, i'd like to be on board uh, what kind of lights we want what a camera what kind of cameras uh, we can explore for the shoot um depending on the budget um but yeah it's it's all process oriented so i'm a heavily process oriented guy you know like i i love pre production as much as i love production mm. as a dp so uh the more you can plan of things not happening the your way is better you know like cuz things are never going to work out your way or during production so when i'm talking with the director this i talk about storyboarding this i shot down a, a list a, a short list um we go for a location recce and we you know plan the shots out accordingly and you know we, we all just come to one agreement you know as as a production and then we take it forward you know then we uh, look for different teams we can work with and uh, yeah that's then that's when the director takes lead on the project so so let's take this step by step first the creative process so what was are you comfortable talking about what this short film was uh yeah i can i can tell you in brief what it was about uh, of course is we've just shot this and it's very fresh in my head uh so and it's just under edit as uh, as we speak um so i won't be able to reveal much about the project give us the ending give us the ending project. who dies give us the ending <laughs> well it's a it's a drama that we, uh, which we shot and uh is this a uh, lovely uh, 15 minute shot uh, about uh, uh, a female's perspective of being in a toxic relationship um so uh, my my friend came to me with the script and it was i was i was just ups- like I was, i was so uh shocked after reading the script i was like this is such a damn good script and it's written so damn well uh i could picture each and every shot in my head whilst reading reading the script and that's the beauty of a script you know when you can picture it in your head um so that's that's one of the things that i enjoy working on such projects so at the beginning uh we kind of brainstormed on uh stuff how we can shoot this and uh you know we took it from there and then everything goes to the boring part then is paperwork and planning and stuff like that which normally people would fade away from but i don't know we as if you once you work as a team and there's a certain understanding between you and your director this it just it goes like cake walk you know no well, let's go through this it's, so it's so a, first there's the creative process the ideation you've got the script uh yeah. what for you is the creative part of the pre planning process or the pre production process not the technical side what is the creative side what are you doing on the creative side i like to dive into the uh, character's mind like if the director has a couple of 
characters and if the protagonist is doing something and so it affects the camera movement it affects the light so i have a certain palette and camera movement already in my head so that's the creative aspect that i look at whenever i talk to a director or whenever he or she would come to me with, a, with such an idea uh after that we kind of uh, go from there like which what style uh the film needs at the end of the day because it is very important to be to to be respectful of the kind of film you're making so you have to really you can't really go off board and be like oh like you know i'm just going to make the camera fly around a helicopter and get a wide shot of this and that and you know that's just not practical i mean it's it it wouldn't you have to be respectable to the script and the budget so and the budget as well yes uh, as yes as creatives we tend to go above budget like you know your mind's just it works like a monkey mind and you just mind goes like okay we can go this we can go that cast this guy and you know you, yeah but once the budget is set you're like okay let's just come down to earth you know <laughs> just see what's realistic but also plan about how to launch your rocket so you would so you're looking at the script and you are planning okay this particular scene is from the woman's point of view yeah. so it should be focusing on her or it should be pov like you know it should be focused on the man yes, when she's talking yes, right, right. so this all you're doing right, and right. and you're penning this down right all of this yes yes as we go we're just penning it down we got it on a storyboard and then you know we just take it from there and then comes a technical aspect but the the crux of your film is always uh, to stay true to your script and you know to the characters as well so to show what your characters are perceiving is kind of what my job is to portray what my director wants to show so that's uh, that's what i enjoy doing and uh, that's the first creative step on any short film like you have to nail the look and feel of your short film uh, from the pre production and and then okay so, so you've done this listing the short list down so there's a yeah. storyboard a short list a mood board what are these three things how are they separate how do they play into the process right so uh you i like to first dive into a mood board um where you get a usual know about how the director wants his film to look his or her film to look so you get a a blanket of like you get a good palette of colors and uh, you know how to go about it um so i like to see my storyboard coming first uh, after that and sometimes a short short list comes before it it depends um so once the short list is up, uh, is penned down then i move forward to storyboarding so once that is uh, and that comes after you uh, visit the location so once you visit the location it gives you a better view on how and where to place the lights and cameras so it's better the storyboard in that process so and is this all text or are you also sketching are you drawing illustration i'm sketching on the way yeah so when i'm i have an app on my phone and i just click away on that and it kind of organizes stuff on a like a short wise like a nice short list on my on the app and uh, yeah it, it's 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 fun like once you get on uh, on the location you know how this film is going to look you get a little better idea uh, on how it's going to look when it comes to visuals so yeah getting this uh, photos are very important uh, if you have a director a director's view on board then might as well go bananas with that um yeah that that's the creative way and uh, after that you just keep thinking on how better we can make this how 
faster and then you have to also think about time you know how much time we have to shoot on that day is this possible or not is it smart spending this much time on the scene or should we move forward you know stuff like there's a lot of technicalities that come after that but this is the fun part when it comes to sketching down your story onto a piece of paper and you know seeing where it goes and and then what so okay now you've got the storyboard shortlist storyboard is already yeah. now the mm-hmm. technical part right how do you plan for gear uh for gear so depending on the budget we look to a diff- we look to different options uh comes to lights we can we have a blanket of different kinds of lights that we can use according to the budget uh comes to gear and camera as well um there are a lot of ways you can go around it you know if you don't have that much of budget but you want to still achieve that look you can always you know beg borrow and steal so that's that's always there so i mean as filmmakers we're thieves that way right we we work with a certain budget but we our picture at the end will show that the budget was quite a lot like you know the gravity of the project yeah. was a lot at the end like we're good we're good at manipulating the audiences in that way so yeah, that's I, 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 i've seen supposed- this tweet today where someone recreated a lot of the oppenheimer effects where he's in his drinking yes yes i see that yes that's fantastic oh that was incredible yes yes recreated the particle effect and, yeah he, in his own garage yeah that's just crazy in levels of yeah. inventiveness so inspiring so inspiring i will try to link to that tweet in the show notes if i can find it again i hate social media it doesn't let us search for anything but that was just amazing so budget wise then what do you so there's lighting there's camera rentals what else comes yeah. in the budget for a dop what else do you is it props your department props is separate uh, no 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 the props normally don't they, they don't come in, in the budget of the dop uh, it's normally your camera assistant uh, the um, the camera rentals the lights the gears your gaffer and uh, your grip pretty much if you have a two gaffer and grips uh, you'll have to accommodate for their cost too sometimes uh, the production takes care of them sometimes it's under me if it's a small production like uh, so for example if i'm doing brand reels or something um we we could we coded differently so the the equipments and lights and cameras go according to the brand's visual uh direction uh, visual palette and my, like i mean the dop's charges are are different so it kind of varies from different project to project sometimes but uh when it comes to visuals that's what comes under uh the 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 visual uh bracket so it's normally dop the camera equipment lights uh grip gaffer camera assistant um yeah pretty much that sums it up so the other sections of the film is taken care of other departments it's just like art de- art department is a different department sound de- department is different um casting crew and everything else yeah So now that's basically the storyboard shortlist mm-hmm. and your equipment is ready. Yeah. What else? Any is there anything else in pre-production? What else do you do? Uh pre-production well according to me uh the more you plan is still the less it's just less right? <laughs> you you always just uh, there's always more to plan for a shoot you know and uh, I I just uh, sometimes get stuck in too much planning but uh 
this is pretty much the crux of of it like if you have all of this in place like your script your storyboard your your uh, mood board and uh, kind of references like you know video references if the director or producer has shared with you all of them uh, along with your cast or something you know so that we can get a view about how this project is going to go moving forward there you are shooting a short film in bombay there's no such thing as too much planning oh yeah there can't be any such <laughs> so so right. in fact take us through this short film that you just did how was the planning process and what do you think you should have done extra what went missing in the process uh, i feel time time was the thing that we needed more on the pre production and production as well like it's just uh, it's it's the most crucial part of the process you know if you don't have because time is money pretty much right so it's like coherent sometimes uh and i mean staying in a fast moving place like bombay uh, that's how you think and that's how people think too so uh to kind of com- compensate for for that you know to work in a very scrunched time period is is a little challenging sometimes and it does kind of dig into the to your creative vision but uh that's something that as filmmakers you're supposed to overcome and you're supposed to like you know it has to be overseen um with, with, with the experiences you have over the years so uh i really wish that we had more time of course like like all the rest of the projects i'm sure all the dops around there would agree with yeah. me that if you have more time on a project it's just you know you get more better quality out of the thing um so that's just one thing uh, but at, apart from that everything was like smooth as butter uh, the kind of team we got together was like a very core team that understood each other's requirements and you know me and the director we were just like you know one look at the director and you know what he or she is thinking you know that kind of a vibe that that's very important to have on set you know like that kind of communication like you might not just have a headphone on you to communicate with the the uh, with other teams you don't have that leverage but you you should have the kind of understanding that we have planned this and we have agreed to be everyone has collectively agreed to be on one page that's important you know for, how do you build that how, how do you get is there that, a planned way to get there or is just like chemistry between the team it's it's partly chemistry too it's partly vision uh, it's how you communicate it's the communication is key uh, to get any project uh, as uh, as per your director or the producer's vision you know the the, com- the communication between you and the director the, the, and other teams as well so what we do is we gather up on a table and we just you know brainstorm uh, on ideas and then we just jot down the things what we have agreed on and what we can agree on on in the future like you know and we just work it from there and it's it's very important that everyone just stays in that bubble you know and uh, sure there will be hiccups uh, during the process but there are always uh, disaster management uh, ways of handling things so you got to take them uh, under consideration as well so you know it's, it's a lot of up and go like you know down and up, ups and downs during a project but you know the main goal is to get there where you want to you know as a team and get to that kind of quality now let's get to the set Mm-hmm. day one of the shoot you are the dop so in a short film that is like so i know nothing 
I won't right. even say let's assume I know nothing. I know I actually know nothing about the process. You're effectively the director, right? You're the one telling people what to do, where to go, uh, going no. by your shortlist, or is that right. well, uh, right? No, no. Uh, finally, it is the director's call. Uh, he or she does guide the actors on where they mm-hmm. want to be, and uh, you know that's that's their department right there, directing the actors on how to act, and you know the kind of character motivation, all that is their department. Uh, the kind of communication that goes between me and the director is usually uh, visuals and blocking and stuff like that. You know, how this action is supposed to be portrayed onto the screen. How do we show that? So that's the kind of communication that goes uh, around between me and the director. Um, we usually frame up a shot and then we see if this works. And, you know, if that if that color palette works for him or her, we go about it and we make the changes. Um, and then we work through a blocking, which takes like maybe half an hour and an hour, depending on the script, depending on how complex the blocking is, uh, if necessary. For this short film, it, it wasn't that complex. It was pretty simple. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is the, that's the kind of process that goes through. And uh, so before getting on to set, I line up with my gaffer and grip. You talk to them, you tell them what lighting you need and what, like if it's pre-planned, they already know. If it's not, you kind of brush them up on it and, you know, you take it from there. So as a DP, I'm just on my toes from pre-lighting to shooting to also like after, like making sure everything is uh, been done after the shoot as well, you know. So, yeah, I, I like to kind of make sure everything is going smooth as possible and, you know, everyone is happy at the end of the day. So let's, so actually then let's get into the roles. What are the, who are the different people on set for a short film? Let's like a full film production. I'm sure there's like a hundred, 200, right. 300 people on set. Yeah. For a short film like this, who are the people on set and what are they doing? So let's start with the director. So right. the director is the person running the show. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 So as like, if you're looking at a skeletal team, like we worked on for a short film, uh, it mainly consists of a director, a DP, uh, director has a team, he or she will have an assistant director, uh, a first AD, second AD, then there'll be a sound department. Sound department will consist of two or three people, depending on the size of the project. Then there's a camera department. Now camera department will have camera assistants. Uh, attendance, uh, then we'll have a lighting department uh, with their lighting attendance and stuff. Then there's a grip. A grip will be uh, with their team. And, you know, that that's kind of... So we're talking about a total of, well, 30 people on set, you know, with different departments. We have styling, we have costumes, we have continuity director. Uh, so yeah, a, a blanket of uh, of different kind of people dedicated to doing different tasks, and we that and you know the film is where we all marry to each other. So um, that's that's kind of how we pr- went about with the with my previous uh, with my latest short film. Um, yeah, we were uh, a team of thirty people. I would say team of thirty people on set, going from different locations to another, all over Bombay. Um, yeah. traveling here and there and uh, yeah that, that that's kind of uh, what you're bidding for you know like that's that's a life and so uh, and these are all people other than the actors yeah most of these people are basically studying like 
film yeah right? yeah the most of these are the studying film the ad the director everyone studying film most whether they go to a formal film school or not but this yes. is what they're working towards yes so someone's in film school how do they end up choosing or how should they end up choosing what they want to be between dop between a lighting person between a an a director ad of course i'm guessing is a stepping stone to director yes yes right right uh, um yeah how should you look at it well it's mostly about what you're interested in and like what you can bring to the table as an artist so if you join film school thinking i'll just see how i go and um you know we'll see on the last, last year of film school uh, how i can paint my story then sure you can go about it that way but it's important to like find your niche you know if you're good at directing if you find yourself good at editing or something on student film sets you always start with student film sets as a student film as a as a student obviously so uh, you kind of do that mental math in your head you know you kind of you ask people about your services that you've provided how did you like it do you feel that i'm good at this or that you get different uh, like a third person's point of view and also you look within yourself too about what you want to do and there's always market uh, you got to check the market too you know like if there's an abundance of dops and you want to dop as well you and if if you're good at directing just go for directing you know you never know uh it's, it's always i've i've listened to my heart pretty much is there is there a personality type thing also like something that attracts people to certain sort of fields uh not necessarily but it does have its pros and cons like if you're a people person it's uh it's it helps a lot if you're a director because you have to constantly talk to your actors talk yeah. to your team again and you know i mean being a people person itself is uh, uh a feather on your on your cap to be honest to if if you're on a film set it helps you a lot to like you know being able to manage your team and with other people yeah so, being an introvert and being a director seems more difficult yeah it's it's a bit of a dicey thing but uh, it it honestly there are so many directors who are such introverts uh, but make beautiful films out there uh, uh, you know like uh, i mean like we were just talking Christopher Nolan told i mean he he doesn't he doesn't have an instagram he's not on social media is such an introverted guy but you see in the kind of films he makes so it it has very less uh, to do with your personality and more to do with your art uh, that's the way i see it because you have dealt with people in the past and believe me there are all kinds of people i'm sure you you can agree with with me yeah. like you know it's it, it gets it gets tricky sometimes but that's the beauty of it you know the 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 industry trains you and grooms you that way so once you have reached to that level uh, you you know that you can you know take call the shots and one one thing i've just never understood in the in my entire life what does a producer do and <laughs> even beyond that like uh, i'm guessing short films doesn't apply but in a large film right what right. does an executive producer do <laughs> uh quite honestly even i don't know what an executive producer is <laughs> the mystery is still a mystery <laughs> what are the producer do like like bring a checkbook or now these days like do sit on set doing upi payments like you know yeah. using right right it it's mostly helping out the producer with technicalities uh it comes to payments uh executive producer has very little to do with the creative part of the production it it always depends on who the crea- executive producer is but as per my knowledge 
it's more of a left brain activity it's more of a technical logistics uh, department that they that they manage which one is the, so left brain is the analytical stuff and right yeah. brain is the creative one right right i keep getting confused so um, on this short film that we worked on uh, a friend of mine was both producer and line producer so he was doing all the brain work uh, to get people on board and uh, budgeting for people and you know you know negotiating and stuff like that so there's a lot of hats my line my producer wore on this short film but uh, isn't it the same role in a sense like okay here's 10 lakh rupees or here's a crore or here's five crores go out and get me all the teams we need right right do uh, we yeah sure it is similar but it's always better to you know give part of that responsibility to someone else so that you can focus on producing so as a producer yeah. you know if if you there's there'll be n number of things that you will have to make sure for the shoot and before the shoot budget things and stuff like that if it's always helpful to kind of you know uh channelize all of that to someone else as well you know so that they can take care of budgeting this department the other department can take care of this so that you can focus on your craft so that's just not pressurizing yourself too much you know so it, it always helps like i mean as a dp too like you know i can not go for a camera assist as well but if there's a camera assist on board it does it it quickens the process right i mean it's it's better and it also helps you to get a better quality output you know there's a focus puller there's a camera assist there's there's a there's a lot of uh, departments under uh, a dop do so you know a team always helps you to get where you want to yeah yeah that makes sense and after the shoot is done mm-hmm. once the rushes are handed off to the editor what's your role after that as the dop uh we so as a dop i usually sit with the colorist and uh, according to the color palette we discussed with the dop we uh, i make sure i communicate that color palette to my colorist sometimes it's another colorist sometimes it's the editor who does the color grading for a short so um, that's kind of how it goes so i have this kind of color palette which i have discussed with my deep, with my director and i go to that color palette i take that color palette and i go to my colorist and i tell him that okay this shot i want this uh, kind of look i want this character to feel like this this is this is supposed to be a moody moody scene so can we you know cut down can we get a little bit more contrast on this character or you know can we darken the background a little bit or something like there's a lot you can play around when it comes to color grading and which is something mostly people have uh, a no no next to no idea of you know people usually think after you shoot the project is you're you're done you know like you edit it and that's done but color grading is such an important aspect in your process it's uh, it it you know it basically makes your film you know like um, it, it, it you're communicating emotion through color grading as well so that's equally important i so this is the first i've heard the term colorist really oh okay right yeah it's very very important yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's very important because on set uh the way i am shooting i'm shooting on raw okay mm. so your footage doesn't look like it's supposed to look on the big screen uh all the colors and all are bland it's flat as flat as possible so if you're showing if you're planning on showing my shots 
to a client on production, uh, that would be a bad idea because the client wouldn't like it. Uh, because your colors, the colors on camera are shot on a flat. It's I'm shooting on raw. Yeah. So the camera has uncompressed all the colors and giving you giving the editor and the colorist um, as much as room as possible to play around with when it comes to colors, which is the reason why all DOPs shoot in raw. Um, so that's when you take it to your colorist and. Only after that, you show it to the world. Before that, maybe you, sh- you shouldn't. I mean, as a DP, I don't like showing my shots to the world before it wins. it's color graded. Um, so yeah, that's just the kind of process. And after that, the director sits with the colorist and he or she will confirm if this is good and make a few changes here and there. The colorist obviously will put his and his or her magic onto the screen as well. And uh, yeah, there you have your cake at the end of the day. No, this this is actually a huge learning experience for me. I'm learning who are the different people on set for a short film. Yeah. I want to get into a bit of your other non-short film experience, your ad experience. Your Okay, let's say cinematography for brands, for corporates. You've been yeah. doing a lot of fashion cinematography. Yes, yes. I've been tapping into a lot of brand reels at the moment. Like what kind of stuff and what kind of clients? I won't ask you to name them. But like, what kind of clients are these? Are these more fashion clients, like clothing brands? Yeah. So uh, mostly uh, clothing brands. Uh, that's what I've been tapping into lately. Uh, cosmetics as well. It's it's a, it's a nice mixture of clothing, uh, cosmetics, product. Uh, mostly they come to me and they want. Uh, they have a couple. They have an idea in their head and they ask me if it's possible. And I come to them with a kind of mood board and ideas and stuff what we can do for your uh, brand according to the budget what fits in this idea wavelength and uh, we take it from there we uh, i mean now that reels are so hot in the market each and like every other brand wants a reel on their instagram because instagram is pushing reels automatically and it's just such a good marketing tool for brands as well um so yeah lately brand brand reels have been a really good experience for me uh, shooting and it's it's a quick shoot too and uh, the edit process is also smooth um you the the client gets the edit in like maybe two two days or something depending on the uh, production uh strength uh but yeah it's, it's it's a really good process it's a quick fast quick snackable content that people want uh it's uh that's i guess that's the new uh way of filmmaking now that of course, as a cinematographer, we always go towards uh, the 16 by 9 aspect ratio. But now, thanks to Instagram, uh, we are stuck with 9 by 16, which, I mean, we'll have to accommodate and we have to you know go according to the market. That's one of my biggest gripes in life that I really wish Instagram had turned the app yes. into like a <laughs> landscape app. Life would have been so much better for all kinds of creatives across the world. Everything, even we as a brand, everything we do, is now we have to do one vertical version, one horizontal version for no yes. reason. Yes, that is mostly most of the uh, brands' um, uh, requests uh, as of now. They want their footage on widescreen and on portrait mode. Sometimes it's for the website, for widescreen, portrait mode for reels or you know, YouTube shots. So, you, I mean, I'm here framing for both of them. You know, like I have another camera for portrait and then another camera for landscape. It's just another 
another story altogether but it's fun too you know like you you can you have the ability to tap into different languages now you know like as to visual languages so you have the ability to tap into instagram stories or reels or something so that's in portrait mode there's a different way you have to <clears throat> excuse me there's a different way you have to shoot uh, when you're in portrait mode you know for the 9 by 16 and uh, different there's a different language you shoot your short film if it's a short film there's a different language you shoot from that because on wide screen there's something known as mise en scene mise en scene sorry um so like i mean your your picture has to kind of paint the whole story so as an audience you're supposed to you you'd like to grasp as much as information you want to off that screen so when you're seeing it on portrait mode it's a little difficult for you to this this just there's not enough there's not enough space to put information for your audiences to grasp on as to 16 by 9 Yeah, there's no environment. It's just it's just the yeah. person. Exactly, it's just no environment around. It's just right. gone. Right. So it's basically just good for snackable content for social media. That's uh, where we're heading to right now, and uh, that's that's where my that's where most of the brand reels are going to now. And uh, the way I've worked with these brand reels too uh, is the same kind of process I've put together for uh, when I've shot for short films in the past. uh we get together we see what uh, what kind of mood board goes for the brand what color palette they like the kind of video video references put everything down on a piece of paper tell them what's possible and what's not be as transparent as possible and uh then and before you know it you're ready to shoot on the shoot day and you know also setting expectations to your client is also important uh, during the process so setting those expectations and delivering to them as well is it's, it's a huge uh, experience curve it's a huge learning curve and uh, you know that's pretty much what people want at this time and age you know they want quick dependable people to work with and how do you find work online social media network what's network. is there one way to for mostly like, it's word of mouth what i've been experiencing you know if people someone comes to me and says hey do you know a good director around the corner do you or do you know who can direct this i have a couple of people i know a couple of people and i will recommend them uh why i would recommend them is because i have worked with them and i depend i depended on my art with them so you know that's the thing that i have experienced over the years is people work with people only if they depend on them you know uh, you would obviously um there was this analogy that i read the other day if you want if you want to find a babysitter for your baby and there's two options um there's uh, there's a person who you know in your nearby temple or mosque who comes who is a engineer but doesn't have a rating as a babysitter online and the, but there's another option a five star rating but you don't know that person yeah. but he or she still has a five star rating but is of a different country or like you know you just you just don't know them you will i mean you i'm ready to put my house on the line where i'm where you i can bet that you will uh, send your baby to the engineer because you depend on the engineer you you've met that person or like whoever that is what i'm trying to say is that you would always want to put your time and money on people that you depend on 
rather yeah, than so, so we do we do shoots across the country hmm. using or collaborating with our creative network right and for us reliability though we realize very early on is one of the top parameters yeah we need to know that if we have engaged a guy for a shoot <clears throat> if he says i will yeah. be there friday at 9 am we need to know that yes yes i don't yes. need to worry about it he will be there friday at 9 am yeah so and that that's what makes and breaks a project right i mean if yeah. a, a a person lacks in a project you can you might just see that uh, at the end of the day you know it, it does hamper it's it's a it's a domino effect that happens if uh, you know yeah like as you rightfully said if someone's late on set or something it 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 will hamper the whole process and you don't want that and it looks bad on you at the end of the day too so to not take that risk that's how i've been functioning over the years just you know uh, dabbling with people i know and also kind of uh, hustling with uh, you know connections that would get uh, to my creative vision or to the brand's creative vision uh, it's 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 a gamble at the end of the day but uh, if you do it with people you know it's a safe gamble you know you're going to win yeah yeah i will end on that note this has been a great discussion short <laughs> and sweet and very 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 i hope specific. i gave you uh, as much content as you needed i'm so sorry i'm i'm not that great, uh, good at giving <laughs> knowledge behind the camera because i'm so much in the technical aspect of working <laughs> behind the camera uh, it's it's just it's a good experience no this was great this was very very specific yeah and like very helpful for me at least and i'm sure for our audience also obviously great, uh, yeah. so thanks ashant for joining us thank you guys for thank watching thank you so much yeah watch this well we are you are watching this on youtube or listening to us on spotify sign up and follow us yeah on all platforms the yes. usual stuff what everyone says and we will link in the show notes to some of nishant's references that he's mentioned and of course his work beautiful so, that works thank yeah. you so much stay tuned <laughs> thanks guys for tuning in bye bye